0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the latest Protein Industries Canada announcement. And uh first in today's country comment, we'll chat with one of the co-founders of Glenborough-based Prairie Fava. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Last week, it was announced that $19.2 million invested between Protein Industries Canada, Roquette, and Glenborough based Prairie Fava will be used to address nutrition and processing challenges for pea and fava on the prairies, while also exploring the utility of blended pea fava protein products. I caught up with Haley Jeffries, one of the co founders of Prairie Fava.
1: So Prairie Fava was founded um, a few years ago. My partner in life and in business, um, Cale Jeffries, and I moved back to the prairies after living in eastern Canada um, for Cale to join his fifth-generation family farm and seed business in Glenboro, Manitoba. We both saw huge opportunity in agriculture. So not long after the move, I decided to leverage my passion for sales and in health and look for market opportunities for fava beans. As Kale kept coming home and saying his seed customers love growing fava, but struggled find, to find a market to sell them to.
0: Talk a little bit about you know what you guys do with the fava beans and and you know where they're where they're going. Yeah, so
1: we at Prairie Fava were vertically integrated, so we actually own our own license to our own variety, DL Rico. So we um, contract farmers to grow fava, then we buy fava back and process it, which is integral to traceability, which the food industry requires. So we sell whole fava, split favas, um, fava flour to the food markets across North America, and we do export to Japan, some to
0: Japan. Talk a bit about uh, demand and, and what that's like for, for your products.
1: So it's definitely increasing with the plant-based um, movement exploding. Um, we're definitely seeing a steady increase. And so um, with this announcement and with having picked, collaboration with roquette we see we um we hope to see even more demand and more products using Faba across all um grocery store categories of the food products that you see in the grocery stores
0: talk a bit more about the the announcement uh, with uh, protein industries canada and uh, and roquette and and what that'll mean for your business yeah so
1: we're very excited um to have this collaboration with roquette and pick it will allow us to increase um our capacity, also optimize our processing, and we hope to kind of, with collaboration of Roquette, um, develop and commercialize products for consumers in the food industry.
0: You guys are planning on doing some expansion here this year?
1: Yes, we are, this summer.
0: Talk a little bit about that and what that'll look like.
1: Yeah, so we're expanding what we call our dehulling. so that's where we remove the shell of the faba bean and we split it, which then can be processed into flour or be sold to flour and extended for the protein which is what roquette does and so we're improving our capacity and we're making sure we're optimizing um our process as well as we've had a few challenges of learning curves so we're learning how to um you know build a better processing facility for maximum yields and um efficiency of product and quality
0: how many farmers are growing uh, fava beans and and where are you buying from
1: so, we grow or we've contracted across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta with our new variety DL Rico. Um, roughly on average, you'll see about 100,000 acres of fava beans planted across, um, across the prairie provinces. So, we hope this can keep growing and we hope that we'll have strong agronomic support to help support some of the challenges that farmers have been facing with certain fava varieties. And so we hope this is a good news story across the whole ecosystem.
0: How is the crop looking so far here this year?
1: It's okay. Uh, We could probably use a bit more rain. Australia is having a really great crop, so hopefully ours will catch up.
0: That was Haley Jeffries, one of the co-founders of Glenborough-based Prairie Fava. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knut. Protein Industries Canada has announced another key project with AGT Food and Ingredients and Ulovit. The $11.3 million project will focus on processing pea, lentil, and faba bean protein concentrate into texturized pulse protein like tofu, pasta, and non-dairy products. AGT's president and CEO, Murad Al-Khatib.
2: Along with Ulovit, we're pleased to be working on the development of pulse protein ingredients, that will be developed further into retail and market ready foods for consumer and restaurant markets, helping to meet the increasing demand for vegetarian and flexitarian diets, products that will be launched into retail like this product, uh, which we're calling veggie pasta, which is going to be available on Canadian grocery shelves. We hope within 2021,
0: He notes the TPP can be used for sausage, burgers, and chicken, as well as coatings using pulse-based flours and starches. Al-Khatib adds they'll continue to expand into bakery products and snacks. Aerial crop spraying has been delayed this year due to the later spring seeding. Pemina Air Chief Pilot Jim Peters tells us what they're focusing on right now.
3: Right now we're into the leaf disease on the wheat that we're trying to protect the flag leaf and keep it uh, disease-free. Following that, we'll get into anthesis timing, the flowering of the wheat. So we'll be doing an application there.
0: Peter says insects were also a concern. We were busy with flea beetles and some cutworms, but now it's kind of tapered off a
3: little bit. Most guys are able to take care of it with their own units.
0: He notes grasshoppers are also showing up, although the numbers haven't warranted planes going up. And in the latest crop pest update, Manitoba Agriculture says some foliar insecticide applications for flea beetles and canola continued over the past week, although this seems to be coming to an end. Cutworm control continues but is also decreasing. Grasshopper nymphs are present in high levels in some areas. Control around field edges has begun and some full fields have been sprayed for grasshoppers. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, June 26th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on yesterday's Protein Industries Canada announcement involving AGT Food and Ingredients and Ulevit. Protein Industries Canada has announced another key project with Saskatchewan-based AGT Food and Ingredients and Ulevit. The $11.3 million project will focus on creating new plant-based foods Using pulses grown and processed on the prairies, Lee allen Vossler took part in the virtual announcement with AGT's president and CEO Murad Al-Khatib, where he unveiled a new pulse pasta.
2: We're thrilled to work with Ulevit on this innovative new project we're announcing today, funded through the PIC Supercluster program. Along with Ulevit, we're pleased to be working on the development of pulse protein ingredients that will be developed further into retail and market-ready foods for consumer and restaurant markets helping to meet the increasing demand for vegetarian and flexitarian diets. Products that will be launched into retail, like this product, uh, which we're calling veggie pasta, which is going to be available on Canadian grocery shelves, we hope, within 2021.
4: He says more and more research is showing that consumers are looking for more plant-based food
2: particularly in meat, meat replacements like products made from texturized pulsed protein, or as we call it, TPP. These products have really gained traction with consumers as they search out new and innovative products that are good for them and taste good as well. The critical R&D and production work needed to determine what consumers may be looking for and provide products that fit this taste has been a significant part of AGT's, AGT's strategy over the past decade. And we've been at the forefront leading what is now seen by many as the plant-based revolution, providing opportunities for growth not only for AGT, but for emerging companies like Ulevit and the pulse food sector overall.
4: He talked more about the texturized pulse protein and how it's used.
2: So, so the way that, that meat, uh, uh, non-meat meat is, is actually marketed is we produce a texturized pulse protein know which is basically a combination of pulse uh, proteins that are then extruded and then they are actually chopped or made into pieces and then they're actually flavored and bound you know into burgers and other applications so you know we'll be looking at the perfection of texturized pulse protein for sausage uh burgers um chicken and also coatings so batters and breading systems using our flours and and starches so we're actually going to have we're very excited that you know president's choice is actually going to be launching uh, a veggie crumb made from uh, yellow peas Uh, we're expecting that to be in retail late this year early next year and that will be a hundred percent pulse-based veggie coating that can be used to coat chicken fish you know, anything you use kind of a panko breadcrumb, you'll be able to use, you know, a pulse-based ingredient. So, you know, those kinds of things will continue. And then we'll continue to expand into bakery products. So bakery is a really big opportunity. So that would be into, you know, biscuits, uh, cookies, you know, all of those. And, you know, I can tell you that there are some major companies working on some major brand that you'll know on a daily basis, whether it be the breakfast cereal side or it be the uh, cookies and snacks.
4: That's AGT's president and CEO, Murad Al-Khatib. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee allen Vossler. <music>
0: Five national seed industry associations have taken the next step towards becoming one new national association. The five organizations, the Canadian Plant Technology Agency, the Commercial Seed Analysts Association of Canada, the Canadian Seed Growers Association, the Canadian Seed Institute, and the Canadian Seed Trade Association, have now shared the detailed ratification package with their memberships for their votes. The new organization would be called Seeds Canada. Chris Sherko is the chair. Of the Canadian Plant Technology Agency.
5: Well this week was uh, marks a, a pretty big week where uh, you know we have uh, five organizations in the, in the seed industry uh, a couple of them are you know 100 plus years old and uh, today the, the ratification package went out to members uh, to make a decision as to the future of the industry and whether those five should come together.
0: And yeah I guess talk about what will be happening over the next uh, few months you know um, and uh, when will the vote take place.
5: So for each organization, the vote will take place at, at different times through the coming six months or so. Um, so over the coming months, the, with the package going out, you know, really the, the encouragement is to ask members of all the organizations to review the package and, and take a look and get well informed in terms of you know what uh, what the future looks like and, and how these organizations uh, work, could work together. will work together uh, for a, you know a better industry, both. Uh, Know, for its members, but also collectively for producers.
0: And talk a little bit about, you know, what's been going on over the past year or so uh, to, to get this process to where we are now. Yeah,
5: if it was only one year. Um, it's actually, it's been, uh, you know, almost uh, probably a 15-year uh, discussion and it's the last two or three that this has really uh, come on side. And it, it started with the, you know, the Seed Synergy white paper where each organization, uh, you know, we got together and, and talked about sort of the the key benefits that we should really be looking at as an industry um, to better serve not just uh, you know uh, members but farmers and, and encourage investment in the country uh, in the seed industry. Uh, and how do we go about doing that? And just part of that discussion, um, you know, it, it came up: would we be better off if we collectively uh, came together as one? And so, over the last two to three years, really the organizations have been. Uh, I've been working through that and trying to look at a, a, a you know a target operating model that that serves the industry, serves um, everyone within it, uh, and you know the net result is really to create a more innovative, effective, and and, uh, and cost effective and industry with with uh, you know services that you know, continue the services that we've always had in terms of delivery of high quality seed, uh, high quality programs, but also to invest in our own people and develop you know the. The uh, experts
0: for the future. That was Chris Sherko, chair of the Canadian Plant Technology Agency. That's it for the Prairie Egg wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farm desk at GoldenWestRadio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars take place every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. It's endorsed by the province and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. The Roland 4-H Museum opens for the summer, Monday, June 29th. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. A webinar in emerging trends in egg and food takes place July 7th starting at noon. You can go to the Keystone Egg Producers website to register. And a farmer appreciation lunch takes place Tuesday, July 14th at the Plum Coulee Bergtaller Church parking lot. A drive through lunch will be served from 1130 to 1 featuring Danny's Whole Hog, Smokey's Chips and Pop. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon... Eastern Agricultural Producers held a webinar today focusing on suicide prevention. Kim Hyndman-Moffitt works for the Canadian Suicide Prevention Services.
4: I had done a a CAP webinar about a month ago, I think it was, Corey, and it was about farm stress and crisis management um, in the midst of COVID-19. And afterwards, I realized that perhaps the conversation didn't quite go far enough and so I wanted to address the concerns out there that, um, that maybe farmers were struggling and, and needing to, um, people needed to have some information about how to support them and how to have difficult conversations with them about, you know, are you okay? Like, are you really okay? And asking that hard conversation about suicide. So that's kind of where the idea
0: came from talk a little bit more about, you know, what will be covered uh, during the webinar and and what people can expect. Sure. Um, I think, you know,
4: the goal of the webinar is to share some tools, some, some information about how to recognize somebody at risk for suicide. And I think many of us are connected to farmers in one way or another. You know, we may live with a farmer, we may be a friend to a farmer, or um, maybe you work in the capacity of, of a working relationship to a farmer, so maybe you're a frontline worker. Um, and we know that farmers uh, have a very stressful job. In fact, I think it's one of the top three most stressful jobs in the world. And so we need to be aware of the, their health and their well-being, and, and that's again sometimes means that we're checking in with them um to make sure that they're really okay and so the webinar um we're going to talk about signs um signs and risk factors that we should be looking for um we're going to learn how to assess a farmer who may be at risk for suicide And also, we're going to ask, you know, that very important question. In fact, probably one of the most important questions we could ever ask someone, and that is, you know, are you having thoughts about suicide? So we're going to, it's a lot to cover in an hour, but um, we're going to condense the information, hopefully, in a way that that people feel like they're better prepared to have a conversation with somebody that they have concerns about.
0: COVID-19, what what sort of impact has that had on, on farmers' mental health?
4: yeah that's an excellent question i think it really varies too because so many uh, of our sectors have been impacted in in different ways and depending on you know what kind of situation they had last year and and previous few years that's going to vary but you know some folks had to harvest this year before they even could put seed in the ground as you know and um because of last year's you know late fall conditions and You know, COVID has placed a lot of pressure um, on the cattle industry, a disrupted supply chain and resulting in, you know, the backlog that we're all hearing about um, and lower cattle prices. So there's a lot of folks concerned about that. Um, You know, I've heard different ones talking about the difficulties recruiting temporary foreign workers because of COVID-19 and and then you know you're probably very familiar given where you're located that the conditions that were dry to begin with and then they turned to overland flooding you know over a course of a couple of days so um, that's set back a lot of producers too so those are just the challenges some of the challenges that have been coming up this year and and yeah not mention all the things that people were contending with last year
0: that was Kim Heidman Moffitt with Canadian Suicide Prevention Services. She gave a webinar through Keystone Agricultural Producers earlier today. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. We're starting to see more crop dusters take to the skies. Jim Peters is the chief pilot at Pembina Air Services.
3: The spring season has been delayed a little bit with our later spring seeding. So that's pushed us back a little bit.
0: Peters talked about the biggest benefit of using an aerial applicator.
3: I think it kind of goes without saying. I mean, the airplanes don't leave any tracks. There's definitely an advantage to use an airplane because you're not losing anything due to trampling.
0: He says right now they're spraying for leaf disease in wheat. The Manitoba government is providing a rebate of up to $4.2 million over a maximum of 20 years a commercial greenhouse development in the Parkland region. Vermillion Growers has started construction of the first large-scale greenhouse in Manitoba. The high-tech hydroponic commercial greenhouse development in Dauphin will be designed for vegetable production, consisting initially of tomatoes with plans to expand to a wide range of produce. Phase one of the project is a 10-acre facility which plans to expand to 60 acres after five years of production. Vermillion Growers plans to plant its first crop, in early 2021. Protein Industries Canada has announced another key project with AGT Food and Ingredients, a Saskatchewan-based company. The $11.3 million project will focus on processing pea, lentil, and faba bean protein concentrate into texturized pulse protein like tofu, pasta, plant-based meat, and non-dairy products. AGT's president and CEO Murat Al-Khatib unveiled one of the products yesterday that they are working on with Yulavit for the retail market
2: for consumer and restaurant markets, helping to meet the increasing demand for vegetarian and flexitarian diets. Products that will be launched into retail, like this product, uh, which we're calling veggie pasta, which is going to be available on Canadian grocery shelves, we hope, within 2021.
0: He notes late this year or early next year, President's Choice is going to be launching a 100% pulse-based veggie coating for chicken or fish that's made from yellow peas. And Manitoba Turkey Producers has teamed up with Exceldor Cooperative to donate $10,000 worth of turkeys to Southeast Helping Hands Food Banks. The organization's delivered over 570 frozen turkeys this week, which were sourced from the Granny's Poultry Plant in Bloomnort. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.